morning. So, Mary Wilde and I are your practitioners for today. And as you know, a practitioner is in support of your unfoldment. So you can reach out to us at any time. I ask that you take a breath and center yourself in this moment. Ah, blessings, blessings, blessings. Yes, we are each a blessing. And coming together as a community is a blessing. We come together in wholeness, connection, love, faith. Infinite presence is all there is. All there is is divine mind, divine expression. I know the gifts of source are right here, right now. In this infinite presence, there is wholeness, connection, love, faith. And knowing it's all God, I am one with this infinite universe. This is the truth for each of us, for we are one. We live and breathe in the spirit of oneness. We are each a divine spark of creation. Each of us is the wholeness that is our divine birthright of truth. Each of us is the love that is declared in each breath. Each of us is the connection that holds the highest and best for each other. Each of us is the faith, that sense of knowing that all is in divine order. This coming together is a wellspring of inspiration. Our community connection is love made manifest. We each play our role as the extension of the divine. For we know that's who we are. We are a light to all. We allow our actions to glorify our infinite presence. In this time together, and in every moment, we listen, we learn, we thrive. The message inspires, the music renews. And in gratitude, I release this into the law, these seeds, these divine sparkles affirm our sacredness. And together we say, and so it is. We're looking at this whole month at, a, at the topic of joyously thriving. This is, this is the, uh, the month where we're, we're uh, asking you to commit to support this community for next year. And in return, we support you in joyously thriving yourselves uh, to, to give out of your abundance and out of your prosperity. And our topic today is receiving to give, receiving to give. And many spiritual communities teach that backward. They teach it the other way, give to receive. That doesn't necessarily work that way. There, there has to be this whole flow, this whole interconnection of giving and receiving. And so we are here, we are open to receive so that we may give, we may share. As good people, 
as spiritual people, we are trained to give, which is a good thing. But only half the process. Mm. Excuse me, I got an ice cube in there too. Giving is only half the process. What many of us good spiritual people are not trained to do is receive. We're told God loveth a cheerful giver. What does that say about a receiver? Doesn't include a receiver. And so I'm here to tell you God loves a cheerful receiver just as much because it's all one process. Giving, receiving, giving, receiving, receiving, giving. It's the in-breath and the out-breath of the universe. Many of us are actually taught to push our good away. You know, I, I love, I was, as I was writing this talk, I was thinking of the term receivership. And receivership is not where we are open to receive. It's when we get to a point of bankruptcy or desperate need, when, when we don't have enough and finally we can receive. Finally, then we can receive when it's really pretty much too late. How about if we were receiving all the way along? We wouldn't be in, quote, receivership. We're taught to push our good away out of a sense of false humility. Oh, I shouldn't really want too much. I should be grateful for just what I have. I had an uncle who would always say, well, it's better than a kick in the head by a Missouri mule. I'm not sure why it was a Missouri mule, mule but uh, and, and you know, along with things like don't get too big for your britches and so on, we're taught to believe in a world where in order for me to have more, somebody else has to have less. That wonderful little finite pie. But the truth is, we live in a world of pure energy. We live in a world of infinite energy and intelligence. We know that our having love doesn't take love from somebody else. If I fall in love with somebody, that doesn't mean that somewhere around the world, somebody else has to fall out of love so that I can fall in, right? It doesn't mean my having greater health doesn't automatically has to show up as somebody else having less health. My creativity doesn't diminish anyone else's creativity. In fact, the truth is that usually each of those expands. We love to be around people in love because it expands our love. Go to any wedding and watch all the people who are kind of falling in deeper love. Our health automatically inspires or enrolls or supports other people in having greater health. And my creativity, ideas that come to me expand ideas that come to other people. But when it comes to wealth, we throw that knowledge out the window because we are trained to believe in the limited wealth model. That finite pie. As in all cases, the forms will come and go. The forms of what that wealth looks like will come and go. But that doesn't mean that there's a lack of forms. You and I can't occupy exactly the same spot at the same time on the planet. Physically not possible. But that doesn't mean there's a lack of wonderful spots to occupy. We can change where we stand and we can change when we stand there. I can wait till you're finished enjoying that beautiful spot and move on. And then I can go enjoy that beautiful spot. Just timing. Only when we tell the universe there's not enough do we experience not enough or lack. Not because that's the truth of the universe, but because we consciously or unconsciously told the universe to show up that way for us in our lives. When Jesus used the metaphor of when he said, he said 
your father in heaven causes his son to shine upon the good and the bad and pours down his rain upon the just and the unjust. In other words, no matter who we are, this, this sun and this rain, the prosperity, the abundance of life is shining down upon us. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do it. It's just there. It's just being. He's pointing out that prosperity is available to all alike. But if we're putting up our umbrella of belief saying, oh, I, I can't or shouldn't accept this good, then we shouldn't be surprised when we don't experience being in the flow. See, the flow is always present, but we have to receive it. We have to let it in, in a way that contributes to our life. See, it does no good if the rain falls, but we haven't set up a consciousness to receive. If we haven't set up a rain barrel or, or uh, an irrigation ditch or something that, that uses that rain, it does no good. It just passes by us and goes on. There's an old metaphor regarding the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea, which are both uh, fed by the River Jordan. And it uses the Sea of Galilee as an example of receiving in at one end and giving from the other at the other end. While further downstream, the, the Dead Sea just takes in without an outlet. There's no outlet for the Dead Sea. And so everything just ends up there. And this is often used as a teaching to give and to share, which is good. And I want to talk about other aspects of this metaphor. First, we have to receive. We have to truly receive. If we don't have a consciousness of truly receiving, our wealth just flows through us. I call it money diarrhea. Doesn't matter how much comes in, it's just gonna flow right on through. You know, a friend of mine talked about uh, when she first got into this teaching decades ago, she was living paycheck to paycheck doing check float at the end of the month, back in the days when you could float checks to, to make sure you know, that you could get to the next paycheck before the check got cashed. When she encountered this teaching, she used this teaching to nearly double her income and soon found herself living paycheck to paycheck, floating checks at the end of the month, just on double the income. She had opened to the greater flow, but not to greater receiving. When we have a consciousness of low self-esteem, when we don't value ourselves enough to open, we have to open up to receive in our experience. If we don't value ourselves, we don't open. We don't open up a lake or a reservoir or anything to receive that experience. And yet a healthy lake is a source of much life all around itself including giving back into the air through the process of evaporation. This is how the universe functions. This is how the whole universe functions. When we take in food or air, we keep what we need before releasing the rest. We don't just sit there and go, <laughs> no, we pass out pretty quickly from lack of, of oxygen. So we take in oxygen, it converts and goes back out as carbon dioxide. It needs to be the same with our wealth. We need to take it in and actually receive it, receive it. Take a breath, imagine yourself now receiving wealth at a greater experience in a greater way than you ever have before in whatever form is appropriate for you. Finally, we need to come into right relationship with money itself. Yes, we're talking money today. Our culture places so much intense, confusing energy around money. Have you noticed? Intense, confusing energy around money. 
money just reinforces the ideas you already have. It just allows you to express more of who you already are. If you want to know how much you value yourself, if you want to know more about yourself, look at your money, listen to, to your money, excuse me, look at your money and how you feel about it and how you use it. It's not a value of you. Your money doesn't indicate how valuable you are. Rather, it's an indicator of your consciousness of how much you value yourself. So listen to its voice in your life. No, don't put a dollar bill up to your head or a hundred dollar bill up to your head and listen to it. But listen to that flow of money, the experience of money. It will flow or constrict based on your beliefs, based on your thinking, based on your consciousness. And the good news is, as we always talk about in this teaching, you can change your beliefs. You can change your beliefs. Yay. The bad news is they got you where you were if you don't like it anyway. And the good news is if you don't like it, you can change them and create something completely new. So money is just an effect. It's a result. It's not a cause. It's an effect. Our consciousness is the cause. Our culture trains us that it's the opposite way around. Our consciousness, our culture trains us to put huge value on money and use money to place value on ourselves and others. But that's not the truth. Money and all other forms of wealth are solely for the purpose of supporting us in living lives of comfort and creativity. Living lives of comfort and creativity to express who we authentically are. That's the only purpose for money. It's not to accumulate it. It's not to hoard it. It's not the, the person who dies, the biggest pile wins. It's to let us express who we authentically are, our values, our creative ideas, our joys, our love. It's to allow us to express that. You know, back when I was a, when I was a, a hardcore cyclist, I was really healthy, but I didn't have a lot of money. And so I couldn't get the upgrades to my bicycle that I want. I couldn't enter some of the events that I wanted. I couldn't take some of the trainings that I wanted because I couldn't afford it, right? So money allows us to express who we authentically are. And it's important to have a balanced view of money in our lives, to not make it a God, to not put it up on a pedestal and worship it, but also not to kick it away and pretend it's of no importance to me. Too much or too little will get in the way of living authentically. You know, this is why the Buddha taught the middle way. He had had the experience of lots and lots and lots of money. He had the experience of no money whatsoever. And he said there's a middle way, not just about money, but about everything. The middle way, the middle path. And what that amount is varies by person and by the stage of each of us in our lives. There are times in our lives we want more money. If we're going to buy a new house, we want more money. If we're already comfortable, our house is paid off and we're good, we don't need as much money. The prosperity teacher named Jesus, and he was a prosperity teacher. There's a whole lot of prosperity teaching in the New Testament. He taught us not to hoard the outer forms of wealth where it can be stolen or lost, but to develop a consciousness of wealth, to lay up a treasure in heaven, and heaven is within Thus, heaven is our mind. Lay up the treasure in our mind, in our consciousness, for where our treasure is, so is our heart. See, the forms will come and go. The forms will always come and go of anything. But a consciousness of wealth will always generate new forms. 
will always generate new forms, as will, by the way, a consciousness of poverty. Which consciousness do you want? The movie producer Mike Todd famously said, I've never been poor, only broke. Being poor is a frame of mind. Being broke is only a temporary situation. So wherever you are in your life, allow your consciousness of receiving to expand and your experience of receiving will expand. It's the law of the universe. It may not happen just like that. It might. It may take a little time for all that process to, to, to open up for you and for you to open up to it. But the universe has already given. It's already expressing. The gift is already given. Can we receive it? Will we receive it? So this week, three practices. Number one, listen to your money. What is it trying to tell you? And go below just the surface. Don't go below the superficial level of it. Dig down deeper. You know, this is uh, exactly like, you know, people tell you, listen to your body. It'll tell you what it needs, what you need. Your body, again, is just like money. It's an effect. It's now picturing of our consciousness. When we listen to our body, it's just we're looking at the place where our consciousness is showing up in physical form. So we can listen to our, really listen to our consciousness, but it's through this process of the form. So money is the form. Listen to what your money is telling you. Take a breath. Number two, practice receiving this week. Practice receiving. You know, one of my favorite things to do is watch how people react when they're given a compliment. You did a great job. Oh, no, it wasn't anything. It was no big deal. That dress looks wonderful on you. Oh, this whole thing, you know, I have had this for years. I got it at the Goodwill. Okay. Your work this week, your spiritual practice this week is when you receive a compliment, your reply is, thank you. I'm glad you appreciate it. I think this dress is wonderful, too. It's one of my favorites. Receive. Receive. And number three, tune into the abundance of the universe. We live in this infinitely abundant universe. We, frankly, to some degree, we all box it to some degree. We all say, oh, it can only come through this way. My abundance can only come through my job, my spouse, my social security, my retirement, my pension, my investments, only through those methods. You know, I, I years ago, I went to, a, when I was down in Reading, there was this big, uh, Christian church, mega church, um, broadcast literally around the world and had people come from around the world to study there. They taught spiritual mind healing, by the way, which was very similar to what we taught, but they were very conservative Christian in the process. And I was there at this service. And when it came time for the collection, which was before the talk, by the way, they had these big screens uh, that they were flashing affirmations on. And it was, I'm grateful for the all the money that comes to me through my investments, through rents, through more, through, through. And they had three full big screens of all the ways that money can come to me. And it was an idea to open people up to all the ways that, people, that money can come to them. So tune into the abundance of the universe. There's an infinite number of ways, literally, that money can come to you, that wealth can come to you in any form you need. Catch the sun and the rain that's constantly showering on you. 
So that's our three practices this week. Number one, listen to your money and find out what it's trying to tell you. Number two is practice receiving. And number three is tune into the abundance of the universe. Are you good with that? Your life will shift. Your life will shift. I want to close with a quote from Alice Bandy from her book, um, The Wisdom of Money, which hopefully many of you have and are working with. As we touch the truth of ourselves, we begin to touch the deeper truth of the spirit we truly are. The closer we come to the truth of who we are, the closer we harmonize with the essence of our own individual spirit, and the more our life balances. The more true you are to yourself in all the choices you make, the more your life reflects those choices. It does not really matter where you begin. It only matters that you do begin. In some way, the amount of money you have in your life right now is helping your deepest dream to manifest itself in your life. In some way, the amount of money you have in your life right now is helping your deepest dream to manifest itself in your life. Take a breath. What this calls for us to do is to let fall away everything that's in the way of our receiving, to put down our umbrellas and to open up. We have an affirmation. Let me get it up on the screen here. Join me in saying this affirmation. I deepen my awareness of my true self and its purpose. I receive all I need to live that purpose now. Say it again. I deepen my awareness of my true self and its purpose. I receive all I need to live that purpose now. And so it is. So let us take one more deep breath in that space of gratitude, in that space of love, in that space of joy. I recognize that there is one infinite presence by whatever name we give it. It has all these names, but it's just this, this thing, this oneness, this wholeness, and this abundant good extravagantly abundant good. Just look at the universe. It's extravagant in its expression. Not just the number of leaves on the trees that we get to all experience as they, as they descend right now to recycle into something new. It said that for every grain of sand on the beach, on all the beaches of the world, there are 10,000 planets or 10,000 stars. For each grain of sand in the world, 10,000 stars. This universe is extravagant in its expression. And because it's all that there is, each of us is one of that wholeness, one of that expansive, extravagant goodness right here, right now. 
one of that infinite love, that infinite intelligence, that infinite wisdom. We are one of that right now. And so I speak my word that this week we receive at a greater, more expansive and deeper level than we have ever received before. That we open to this gift that is already given, this gift, this life that is already expressing. And we take it in, we breathe it in more deeply. We allow it in, in so many ways into our lives with love, with health, with creativity, and with wealth, all the ways that we can let it in. And then we share it and express it back out again. We take part in the in-breath and the out-breath of the universe. We expand our ability to do so, to both receive and to give and to take in. We let the lakes of consciousness flow, form within us and expand within us. And so knowing this is the truth of the universe and knowing therefore that this is the truth of each of us, I just move into gratitude for the good that shows up in our lives that we allow, we open our mm, borders, we open our minds and our hearts and our beings to receive more fully. I'm grateful for all the wonderful forms of this good in our lives in so many ways. And I release this word from that space of love into the love and the law of the universe, the process, the infinite unfolding of the universe to unfold in our lives as we just simply say, yes, it is so and so it is.